0: Well, thank God. Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold podcast is excited about season three and more fabulous guests. We've been talking with and sharing stories, experiences, and laughs with singers, songwriters, musicians, and independent artists in continuing gospel music at its gold. The guests on this show have tirelessly been on the battlefield to bring God's word through song, deed, and action. We also present tribute shows honoring those whom are no longer with us physically, but have left a legacy of gold with their contributions. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and present great episodes and growing your knowledge in gospel music and its gold to keep you coming back for more. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Edwin Reuben Hawkins was born in 1943. He was a gospel musician, pianist, choir master, composer, and arranger. He was one of the originators of the urban contemporary gospel sound. He was probably best known for his arrangement of Oh Happy Day, which was included on the Songs of the Century list. Edwin Hawkins was born into a large family. There were eight children to the late Dan Lee and Mamie Vivian Hawkins in Oakland, California. Now, Oakland is the largest city in the county seat of Alameda County, California, a major west coast port. Oakland is the largest city in the East Bay region of San Francisco Bay Area, the third largest city overall in the Bay Area, and the eighth most populated city in California. Now, why do I say that? It's because when Edwin and his siblings were younger, they would go around and they sang at local churches as a family group around the Oakland area. By the age of seven, Edwin had replaced his mother on the piano playing for the family. Now, his father enjoyed playing the Hawaiian steel guitar, (laughs) And then in May 1967, Edwin and Betty Watson were co founders of the Northern California State Youth Choir of the Church of God in Christ, which included almost 50 members. The ensemble recorded its first two track LP. That means long playing for those that aren't familiar. And the title was Let Us Go Into the House of the Lord. They recorded that at the Ephesians. Church of God in Christ in Berkeley, California. Now, the LP was released in 1968 and was to be used as a local fundraiser when a song from the album, Oh, Happy Day, became a crossover hit. Now, Buddha Records purchased the master and released it as the Edwin Hawkins Singers instead of under the name of the Northern California State Youth Choir. This led his brother Walter, and we'll talk about Walter Hawkins at another time, uh, led Walter to accompany Edwin to establish the Edwin Hawkins Singers. The choir used the LP as a fundraiser to go to the 1968 Youth Conference for the Church of God in Christ, which was taking place in Washington, D.C., and they wanted the money to compete in the annual choir competition and represent the Northern California area. The choir ranked second place at the competition. Edwin stated that was great for him because they were so close to winning. Needless to say, that was one of the many surprises coming their way. Edwin noted during an interview in 2008, it was recorded on a friend's two-track machine it was never intended for commercial purposes at all at the time of the interview in 2008 there had been more than 7 million copies sold and oh happy day won a grammy for best soul performance following their return from the the conference competition the lp found its way in the hands of a k s a n underground rock DJ in San Francisco who happened to pick Oh Happy Day to play on his station. It became an instant hit. The soloists on the album were Elaine Kelly, Marguerite Branch, Dorothy Combs Morrison who was the original lead singer on Oh Happy Day in 1967, Tremaine Davis Hawkins, Reuben Franklin, Donald Cashmere, Betty Watson, and Ruth Lyons. Now, for those who may not know Dorothy Combs, she was born in Longview, Texas, and grew up in Richmond, California. The seventh child of 10, Dorothy showed early signs of her talents. She began singing at the age of 13 and released her first single, I Am Free while singing with her siblings as the Combs family. Dorothy's continued exposure while appearing with her family at church events led to her talents being noticed by others in the San Francisco and Oakland Bay area. In the 1960s, she joined the Edwin Hawkins Singers and was the lead vocalist on the Grammy Award-winning Hall of Fame hymn, Oh Happy Day. She toured with Edwin Hawkins, Van Morrison, Boss Gags, and Delaney and Bonnie, among others. She appeared in TV shows, including Carol Burnett show and The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Now, we're all very familiar with Tremaine Hawkins, and Tremaine Davis Hawkins was one of, and still is, a very iconic voice in gospel music today.
1: California State Youth Choir, currently known as the Ed Hawkins Singers from KTIA, held on to the number one spot for four consecutive weeks. And now, the
0: Edwin Hawkins Singers, number three from the survey, doing their thing all over the 50. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, yes. Happy day. Sing your song, Dorothy Morrison.
1: Oh, happy day. When oh, 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 Jesus
2: because I feel it was time to happen, uh, especially with the situation of the world today, problems people are having. They don't believe in God anymore, a lot of people. Uh, they don't go to church, and uh, especially our youth, this generation uh, today, is really messed up, confused. They, they don't know who to turn to, which way to go, so they're trying this and that, and they're not finding satisfaction. And I feel with young people such as our group, uh, we can show them that God yet lives, and uh, instead of us trying to take the gospel to them maybe by preaching to them, take it to them in song maybe, uh, with contemporary sounds, new beats, new rhythms, and uh, something they can understand, something they can feel and express themselves in. Um, A lot of them aren't going to church, so maybe we should just take the church to them.
1: Ed, what effect has all this sudden fame and fortune had on the young people in the choir and yourself? Has it
2: changed people at all? I can't truthfully say that they've gone through many changes that you can outwardly see. And especially myself, I can only speak for myself. I don't think I've changed because I haven't really, I don't think it's yet hit me with a full impact. But uh, it's, it's a lot of excitement going on and I'm very happy about it. And I feel that I can contribute something to the world if I'm allowed to.
0: Once Oh Happy Day started being played in other parts of the country and the group was made aware of its rising success on the radio they began to get in contact with the right people in the industry who helped them get a major record deal. The group signed on with the newly created Pavilion label, which was distributed by Buddha and released a second LP called He's a Friend of Mine in 1969. But it was oh, happy day that rocketed to sales of more than a million copies within two months. It crossed over to the pop charts, making the U.S. number four, the United Kingdom number two, Canada number two, number two on the Irish singles chart, and number one on the French singles chart. It became an international success, selling more than 7 million copies worldwide and Edwins was awarded his first Grammy for that song. His arrangement of the song was eventually covered by the four seasons in the 1970 album Half and Half. The choir's second LP top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 charts was the 1970 Melanie single, Lay Down Candles in the Rain on which the label listed the performers as Melanie with the Edwin Hawkins Singers. The song peaked at number six in the United States and top ten in several other countries. Now, Melanie is best known for her 1971-72 global hit, Brand New Key, her cover of Ruby Tuesday, her composition, What Have They Done to My Song, Ma?, and her 1970 international breakthrough hit, Lay Down Candles in the Rain. Now, Lay Down Candles in the Rain was inspired by her experience of performing at the 1969 Woodstock Music Festival. The song's lyrics describe what she felt as she looked out of the sea of the people in the audience. Her second single, From Melanie, Sackhoff's 1970 album, Candles in the Rain, was her breakthrough hit in the United States, climbing in numbers on the Billboard chart 100, and she charted at number six. And then it also came in at number three on the Cashbox Top 100. The record was ranked number 23 on Billboard's year-end Hot 100 singles of the 1970s. The recording was collaborated w- between Melanie and the Edwin Hawkins singers.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the mass choir of the Edwin Hawkins Music and Arts Seminar.
0: Now, I played the Edwin Hawkins Music and Arts Seminar Mass Choir to transition into a fantastic event, which developed into a wonderful conference. So in 1979, the first Edwin Hawkins Music and Arts Seminar was held in San Francisco, California. The seminar was developed as an outgrowth of the professional success of Edwin Hawkins. Now, this information I got directly from the website on the About section. So this is not my original information, but this is information I pulled up in research. Now, Edwin, having toured the world, became acutely aware of the lack of valid information on the history and development of Black religious music, especially modern-day contemporary gospel and its place as an art form. The use of sacred dance and drama as a conveyor of the spirit and culture of Blacks was not being taught as a discipline in any major college or university in this country. Now, I kind of like the way that that was stated. It's not taught in this country, the United States, but overseas I'm finding out more and more that there are so many educational sessions, whether it be in quiet in just a church setting or in a college setting. It is being taught overseas, but it's not being taught here in the United States. How interesting. Now, Edwin, being a four-time Grammy Award winner, felt to marshal the very finest musicians and artists who were able to teach this diverse perspective of music in development. Now, I recall when I was doing research uh, as a tribute show for uh, Daryl Coley, I remembered him saying that he talked about his participation and work that he'd done with the first music and art seminar uh, before it got started. Now, Daryl mentioned that he and several others were the ones who called various people to facilitate trainings for the seminars. The Love Fellowship Convention developed its roots in 1988 when the independent-minded pastors in Atlanta, Georgia, sensed the need to support and nurture one another through good Christian fellowship. Under the leadership of the late Bishop Walter L. Hawkins, the Love Fellowship Convention provided pastors and their congregations the opportunity to refresh their spirits through joint praise and worship and education without regard of denominational affiliations. Now, in 1994, Edwin and Walter combined their ed- efforts and continued to offer the highest level of professional instruction and cultural relevant areas of Christian music, dance, and drama, in addition to true Christian fellowship, which had become a highlight activity for many churches worldwide. Edwin Hawkins remained the forefront of gospel music by continually transforming gospel music and attracting new audiences. He and his brother, Bishop Walter Hawkins, are the founders of the Edwin Hawkins and Walter Hawkins Music and Arts Love Fellowship Conference, which ran for over 37 years. The Music and Arts Love Fellowship Conference was an annual convention that offered workshops geared towards music and arts. There were classes on songwriting keyboard techniques, gospel music ministry, choir decorum, fashion design, and the business of gospel music, vocal techniques, dance, and drama. The conference concluded the week-long activities with a mass choir live recording. Ellen explained how it all started. In my travels, I met many talented young folks whose only outlet is in the church. There needed to be ways to help them further develop their skills and abilities to the glory of God. I decided to help them find themselves in the arts. I felt it incumbent upon me to marshal the finest artists and musicians who were able to teach this diverse perspective of music and arts. Happily. It has resulted in a nation and international interest in music and arts. Edwin Hawkins grew up in a musical family. The Hawkins family group released their first recording in 1957. I'm going to look and see if I can find that. His musical talents had him singing at several churches and on a weekly Sunday night radio broadcast before he was 16 years old. In 1967, the style of gospel music at that time featured traditional sounding choirs and vocalists. However, the first album he released had more of an R&B sound and was different from anything previously recorded in gospel. On the album, it attracted considerable attention from broadcasters and retailers alike. The music which was helped by a national promotional campaign, was something unusual for gospel music in those days, crossing from gospel to the R&B charts, which gained Edwin Hawkins a Grammy Award in 1970. It started a new trend in gospel music and, in fact, the pioneering effort of what we now call contemporary gospel music. In 1967, the style of gospel music at the time featured traditional sounding choirs and vocalists. However, this first album had more of an R&B sound and was different from anything previously recorded in gospel music. On the album, it attracted considerable attention from broadcasters and retailers alike. The music, which was helped by a national promotional campaign was something unusual for gospel music in those days, crossing from gospel to the R&B charts, which gained Edwin Hawkins a Grammy Award in 1970. It started a new trend in gospel music and was in fact the pioneering effort of what we now call contemporary gospel music. Edwin Hawkins has recorded multiple albums and had been nominated for multiple Grammy Awards over a career that spanned it four decades. In 1972, he won his second Grammy Award for Every Man Wants to Be Free and the third for Wonderful in 1980. He was responsible for the achievement Live with the Oakland Symphony album in 1982 and won his fourth Grammy Award for If You Love Me in 1983. His projects have included Kings and Kingdoms and Joyful Christmas, of which all music was arranged and produced for Sony Music. He also produced All Things Are Possible, a high-energy 72-minute Horn of Plenty gospel ingenuity. This performance by the Edwin Hawkins Music and Arts Seminar Choir was recorded live in Toledo, Ohio, and featured up-and-coming talents from all over the nation. In addition to producing and recording, Edwin has spent a considerable amount of time touring in Europe. In 1996, Edwin was always searching for fresh new ways to promote the music he loved. He teamed up with Savant Pa Vita. An all Swedish gospel choir on a 10 city US tour to promote the album they released in late 1995. Later on that year, he was a guest on the PBS television special, An Evening with the Boston Pops. That also featured Patti LaBelle and Desiree Coleman Jackson. In 1996, Edwin was a functionally known as a father of contemporary gospel music, and he remained quite busy. He completed his album entitled Love is the Only Way, the project which was his first solo album since 1998, which included a new version of the classic hit, Oh, Happy Day. That project also included guest appearances by Dita Jackson, Brenda Roy, Lawrence Matthew, Bishop Walter Hawkins, and Lynette Stevens. In addition to recording, Edwin continued to perform abroad and organize and host a successful music and arts conference. His remarkable career afforded him the opportunity to travel the world and share his God-given gifts and talents. He was poised and ready for what the new millennium would bring. Edwin Hawkins was an individual who defined and with excellence. His remarkable career afforded him the opportunity to travel the world and share his God-given gifts and talents. He was poised and ready for the new millennium and what it would bring. He was an individual who defined what excellence in gospel music was and where it was going. It seems there were no more Love Fellowship conferences following the year 2016. It sounds like it was a great conference to participate and be a member of. In 1990, Edwin Hawkins had a hit on the R&B chart with If at first you don't succeed, try again. And that was credited to his solo performance. Now, in 1992, he appeared in the movie Leap of Faith as the choir master for the gospel songs. Now, Leap of Faith, I didn't really see the movie, so I can't really tell you about it. But I do know that it was... Uh, in 19, It was released in 1992, and it was a comedy-drama film, which was directed by Richard Pierce, starred Steve Martin, Deborah Winger, Lolita Donovich, Liam Neeson, and Lucas Haas. In the 1992 movie Leap of Faith, Edwin Hawkins was featured as a choir master for the gospel songs. Now, Leap of Faith... I did not see it, but it was a comedy drama film which was directed by Richard Pierce, starring Steve Martin, Deborah Winger, Lolita Davovich, Liam Neeson, Nielsen, Lucas Haas. And the film was about Jonas Nightingale, a Christian faith healer who uses his revival meetings to milk money out of the inhabitants of Rustwater, Kansas. <laughs> and during an interview uh, with Edwin Hawkins, a magazine posted, uh, "This was out of Oakland Magazine. We would sing at somebody's church almost every Sunday afternoon. We didn't get paid as such as you pay artists today. That would never happen. Sometimes they would give us what they called a love offer." <laughs> The Edwin Hawkins Singers. Now, as mentioned before, Edwin toured internationally often with his siblings and other relatives as the Hawkins family, and he would perform frequently with his brother Walter Hawkins. A reporter, Ben Ratliff, reviewing a 2008 jazz at Lincoln Center concert given by the Hawkins family with along with jazz pianist Eric Reed, Ben said. Mr. Hawkins displayed a restrained, reassuring elegance in his voice. Now, we know this, being in the gospel community, that Edwin, Walter, Andre Crouch, Daryl, they were sometimes criticized by gospel purists for sounding too commercial and for unleashing a trend That has only led to more intermingling of styles, like gospel rap. In a 1991 interview with USA Today, he responded to those complaints. Some of it sounds very worldly, he acknowledged, of his music and what had come after. But if the lyrics speak about the Lord, it's still gospel. And those were the words spoken by Edwin Hawkins. Found in another article, Edwin stated that I wasn't planning on going in the music business. The record success decided my fate. I found an interview, I'll just play a little clip of this as well, where Edwin Hawkins was on TBN, which was hosted by Donnie McClurkin. (laughs)
1: And take us back to a young Edwin Hawkins, sing, you know, teaching a choir, four and five part harmonies, which was not done. You mean a younger Edwin Hawkins. Yes, a younger <laughs> Edwin Hawkins, <laughs> just not too many years ago. Um, and, you know, you had harmonies like nobody else had. You had a choir, it must have been over hundred people in that choir. Not quite. But the, <laughs> the, the harmonies were so diverse and different. We had never heard anything like that in gospel music. No. Tell us how all that started.
3: Well, in our home. Uh, we grew up and we heard all kinds of music. My, my father back in the day was not a Christian. And uh, my mother's aunt, who was going to college, also lived with us. So we heard country, western, we heard jazz, we heard uh, the blues. And of course, my mother bought everybody's gospel projects. So we heard all of that. And it influenced me growing up. You know, we began to create. And Before I started writing, though, I was just doing a lot of... Re- We would take songs from the caravans, the Roberta Martin singers, the the Clara Ward singers, uh, Joe May, then later on James Cleveland, all of those uh, gospel greats. And um, we would do something a little bit different, just so we wouldn't be copying, per se. If we didn't know for sure what they were saying in lyric, we would make up a lyric to make it work. (laughs) You know, children, you do that. Some of it sounded like what what they were saying. But uh, I, I remember we were at, we were raised in Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal and uh, great background, good foundation. We went to church, uh, I, I remember seeing Dad Cleveland. I think my first time seeing Dad Cleveland was probably at an A.A. Allen meeting. And I was so impressed with him as a person, I told my parents, I said, I wanna to go to that church where Dad is, <laughs> Dad Cleveland is. And I was the first in my family to go there. Then right. the rest of them, they followed me there. And I became the organist at the age of 16 and uh, my first trip on the road with Evangelist was going on the road with Bishop Ernestine Reims and her brother El- Elmer Cleveland Jr. I think we went to Philadelphia and then Chicago and uh, that was my first experience as a musician wow. on the road with someone Wow! but uh, we um, being raised in Church of God in Christ, you know about the conventions that we do every year it used every to be the, the Youth Congress, right. it was right. uh, what was the Sunday School Meeting, Women's convention, all those different conven- conventions and LA had always been represented for California from Southern California with Andre Crouch and and wonderful talent and singers from, from Southern Cal. Northern California never represented, just was nobody there to do that. So I had the idea and I went to uh, uh, the youth leader of that particular state. Northern California was the, the state was split into several different <laughs> areas even though it was all California. And I said well can we do a choir to represent Northern California. And he said, well, why don't you get with Betty Watson, who's our state minister of music. So I got with Betty Watson and we put together a choir. And uh, of course, Walter and tremaine they were all with me from the beginning. Most of my family was there. My older sister was married, started having children, so she had gone somewhere else. But uh, we did sing together in somebody's, as little children, the Hawkins family sang in somebody's church literally every Sunday afternoon. And, uh, of course, they condemned my mom because we were singing to somebody's Baptist church. Yeah. Yeah. Them folks wasn't saved yeah, they're, they're, back in the day. Y'all don't understand they that. They weren't saved back understand. in the day. Yeah. They saved now, they speak a but they wasn't saved then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to the Baptists that are watching, right. he's only kidding. Uh,
3: <laughs> that's what they told us. But anyway. Uh, you know I've learned better since I know that that uh, denomination we won't, won't find that that word in the Bible at you all Surely won't, because it causes division that's something that man did that's right we're aware of that but as the story goes <clears throat> the, um, there was usually a competition between the choirs from all over the country am I right Andre the I'm first sure. night of the Youth Congress yeah. and um, choirs from everywhere and we went to compete <laughs> And we, the, the album had not been released yet, so we did, I think, Jesus Love of My Soul and I think Joy Joy or something like that. And, oh, Happy Day was not our favorite song. Wow, wow. <laughs> Joy Joy was and, uh, and Jesus Love of My Soul. We did that and we came in second place, our first time going, so we were really excited about that. Coming in second place, our first time. So on the return of home, we decided we stay together and do community things, concerts around the Bay Area. So we did this two-track recording live at the Ephesian Church of God in Christ in 68 i think it was it, it was released on a custom label by uh, a mormon a mormon who owned by a mormon a mormon who owned a record label a custom label <laughs> and we released it uh some young man in the shipping of that i've never met to this day took that record That's to right. a friend of his that was at a rock underground station That's in san francisco San they called it it hit in San Francisco, they sent it to their friends in New York, it mm-hmm. hit there and kind of merged across country. Wow. And then all the gospel stations wanted to claim that they were the cause of it being a hit. Well, we, <laughs> we, we thank God that they played it, you know, but, uh, you know, I, the story goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Walter played organ on, on, on that album, and of course, Jermaine sang Joy Joy, and, I mean in all that choir you could hear yeah. Tremaine's Soprano no ringing. What. Her <laughs> and Ruth Lyons. That's Her right. And got got Lyons. You got it, You got it, you got it. Yeah.
1: Do the, 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 the Isley brothers at the at the at the big big Yankee outdoor Stadium. stadiums yet? That's right.
3: How was that? How was that being the crossover of your day? You know, that was amazing. I think that was our first time realizing when we did that concert at Yankee Stadium in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, when we left the stage, the young people tried to touch us. You know, it, it was like a thing where I remember me reaching up to someone that was in, I guess, the stand above, and, and the young people lifted me up. By, <laughs> they were so excited. <laughs> and it made me realize. I said, oh, we're, we're somebody right? special. So <laughs> that, you know, I mean? because, you know, being raised in church, you just don't, don't find yourselves thinking like the well we didn't then anyway right. a celebrity or or someone that they might deem a, a star so well, what is a star you know and uh, but they treat us that way mm-hmm. and uh, yeah we did many we did rock festivals we did the one in the in fact on the way to New York we did a rock festival right. where the the, the cream of the crop was like Joe Cocker, Tina Turner, right. Jefferson right. Airplane, all those That's people. We were the only gospel group. Yeah, now,
1: now, and that right. took place in Downey, California, you know? Yeah, you know and, and everybody's going, whoo, because you yeah. didn't know the history. All you knew is, oh, happy day. But you didn't know the history of, of how God used this thing really, and, and like he was depicting, in such a miraculous way. Now, mind you, mind you, every one of these people on this stage come from families of ministry. From from families of ministry, you know.
0: Um. Now, in speaking about some of the festivals that they participated in, if you have not seen this music documentary that had been on a shelf for over 50 years that was discovered and put out called The Summer of Soul. It came out in, uh, the documentary was presented in 2021. But the concert actually took place in 1969 at the Harlem Cultural Festival. And if you get an opportunity to look at that, the Summer of Soul, check that out. It's really great. Now in 2018, we lost Edwin Hawkins to pancreatic cancer at the age of 74. And in February, there was a Edwin Hawkins celebration choir that came together to honor the life and legacy of Edwin Hawkins. And it was a two-day event giving honor to those who have created gold in gospel music. Thank you for listening to this tribute show honoring the memory of the late Edwin Hawkins. In this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, Send an email to Let'sTalk to Gmg at gmail.com. That's Let's Talk the number two GMG at gmail.com. You may also like and share the podcast episode, or if you'd like, subscribe and you'll be alerted when the newest episode is published. There's now a Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold Radio Show. Which comes on WMRMDB Internet Radio Station, which can be heard anywhere across the world. <laughs> it's on Saturday mornings at nine o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. I am your host, and Sonia saying, "Let's sing, let's shout, and tell all the great news through gospel music gold." Until the next episode, take care and. God bless. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsi IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March twenty twenty. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business communicating with your customers, and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708 708- And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan.